Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about a, an American company called Grip6. They make great wallets. Their wallets are completely different. Yeah. It's kind of like, I kind of feel a little like James Bond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're kind of cool like that. And also, you don't feel like George Costanza. Where like you have like you know you, it's the the wallet's so fat that one cheek is too high when you're trying to sit yeah you're to sit like yeah you can't drive because yeah. you're like ah uh, anyway uh, they make great wallets they make great belts um, they make everything here in socks. America they make great socks as mm-hmm. well all made here in America these guys have taken the risk of making things in America that's a huge risk um, because you know I can't get it. I don't know. I don't know how to use machine. <laughs> oh, you gotta be kidding me. Well, the unions are coming in. They'll teach you how. Oh, boy. Put your trust in hard-earned money in a company that does it right, right here in America. Grip6.com slash Beck. That's Grip6.com slash Beck. America, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It is Tuesday, and we've got a lot on our plate. A lot of it comes from Israel, but we also have uh, Ramaswamy on today. We have Carol Roth <coughs> joining us today, uh, and we have somebody who I think is probably one of the best guys to talk about: uh, Israel, Hamas, Iran, and Russia. Former Navy SEAL and number one New York Times best-selling author. Jack Carr joins us in 60 seconds. Stand by. Caring about your dog's health and happiness makes you a good dog owner, and sometimes being that good dog owner means realizing that your dog isn't getting all the things he or she deserves. Dry kibble food has almost no nutritional value. They sterilize it to leave it on the shelf for at least a couple of years. I mean, that's good. I mean, you know how good Twinkies are, right? I love Twinkies. Imagine if you were, imagine if your wife or your mom came home every day and was like, it's Twinkies again. You'd like it for a while. I don't know if you'd make it into your 30s, but hey, you'd be well preserved. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog is going to love Rough Greens. You sprinkle it on the dog's Twinkies and it makes it good for them and they love it as well. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. They're going to get your first trial bag for free roughgreens.com slash Beck. All you pay for is shipping. Call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. roughgreens.com slash Beck. Stand up. 
All right, Jack Carr is the number one New York Times bestselling author. He is the author of the Terminal List series. He is also a former Navy SEAL, and he's been digging into Israel and Hamas and the Middle East because he's researching a book that is coming out next year. And so I wanted to give him uh, a chance to maybe share some of the things that he has learned to give us some perspective on why now, what, what does this mean uh, if Iran is involved, does that mean Russia is involved? What are we headed for? Welcome, Jack. How are you? Oh, it's great to great to be here. How are you doing, sir? I'm very good. I'm very good. Um, I'm not even an enlisted man, so I'm certainly I'm certainly not, sir. Um, so, Jack, the um, uh, Israel thought they were duped. They thought that Hamas had been tamed. Some they cared about you know, making money and taking care of their people. And Hamas did a really good job in in reading some of the articles that are out now, did a really good job of duping them into this. Um, But Iran seems to be involved, even though our president says there's no evidence of that. Is there any evidence is I mean, that makes total sense. And what does that mean? Oh, yes. There's a, there's a lot to unpack here. But really, the Israel that Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran was dealing with last week, that's a different Israel than they're dealing with today, most certainly. And we talk about being being duped into something. It was really a, a form of quasi-tolerance, meaning that Israel has tolerated a certain level of violence from Hamas. And they thought that they could contain Hamas. They could live with that certain level of violence. Uh, they thought Hamas was tolerable, containable in Gaza. Uh, not today. That has all changed over the weekend. The levels of violence perpetrated on Israel is something that they have never seen before at this. Uh, it is numbers, grandmothers, children, women killed, raped, tortured. Uh, and a friend in Israel who's with the Special Operations Forces over there has been texting me throughout the weekend and over the last couple of days here and has said that what we're seeing in these videos that are coming out are not even the half of it. It is so much worse than what we're seeing. And, and they're in the thick of it right now. So, you know, you you look at some of these things and you see that 900 Israelis died. Um, uh, some of them were Americans. They died uh, in horrific ways. It was an execution squad, really, uh, and a kidnapping squad. As we we watch these things, um, we have to understand the the population is only nine million people over in Israel. Mm -hmm. So that's like uh, casualties of 30,000 people being tortured and raped and killed here in America. This is a huge impact. However, the. The way Israel usually deals with it, I think what people don't understand is that it has changed. Normally, they will go, and then as soon as they respond, then the world starts to say, oh, you've got to stop the killing. This is horrible. I don't think Israel is going to stop this time. I don't think so either. And it's for the past decade they've had this, uh, the, the same sort of policies towards Gaza have remained in effect. It's been 
semi-working, but uh, I think that they're going to look at those policies, realize those policies were a failure. All they did was set up Hamas to do what they did over the weekend. And of course, there's a few wild cards in there as well. Hezbollah up in the north, uh, there's something between 100,000 and 150,000 rockets pointed right at there, right at Israel. So if that was acceptable last week, I don't think that's going to be acceptable for much longer because soon that becomes 200,000 rockets, 250,000 rockets, 300,000 rockets, eventually just buying time where there are enough forces to really do some damage in Israel. So I think things have shifted across the board. And Hamas will look at this as their most successful operation in history. Uh, But and we think about Pyrrhic victories, uh, what this has done, an opportunity is a horrible word to use here, but that's really what it is for Israel to hit Hamas so hard that it'll take them decades to recover. Now, I don't think you can eliminate them totally, as we saw in Iraq and Afghanistan over 20 years uh, of trying it with different factions there in those two areas, but uh, they can certainly set them back decades. So this is really, I mean, if you look at some of the videos, they were beheading people, one with a garden hoe. Um, This is the same kind of stuff that we had from ISIS. Um, What is the difference between those two, if there is any, and where is the connection to Iran? Well, the difference is where they where they came from. We talk about tactics and terrorist tactics. Really, what that means is focusing on those soft civilian targets, not focusing on military targets. That's really what differentiates uh, us from our enemy and why it's so important to maintain that moral high ground. But the, the question is, why now? Hamas and really by proxy, Iran and possibly Russia uh, chose the time and the place of this engagement. Uh, So that's the question geopolitically, why right now? And the question obviously is because Israel is so divided, they have some issues with their uh, judicial and executive branch. um, And so they're divided probably like never before. U.S., very weak, the world, Hamas, Israel, uh, uh, Iran, Russia, SAR withdrawal from Afghanistan, see the billions of dollars going to the Ukraine, see the division here, see our leader in the White House, so there's a lot on the table just just with those things. And then we have this U.S., Israel, Saudi Arabia, uh, just on the brink of essentially it's like a trilateral type of agreement that uh, deals with oil, increasing production, decreasing price and a defense pact. And what I think it really is, I mean, that's what it is on the surface. But I think what it really is, and I have no insider information here, is that it includes uh, defense by nuclear weapons. So it would make and possibly making Saudi Arabia the first nuclear power in the Middle East, aside from Israel, who doesn't talk about that sort of thing, because on the other side, you have Iran, Russia and China. And China is Iran's largest trading partner. Two years ago, they signed a 25 year strategic partnership. So it is in China's interest and Russia's interest to have Iran as the dominant nuclear power in the region. Um, So so there's. Those are the two sides right there, U.S., Israel, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Russia, China. But I think what this does, what this Hamas uh, incursion does really is just delays possibly this agreement. I think it's going to happen. It just delays it. Uh, We'll see by how long. Where would they be getting the nuke? uh, Well, from the United States. Yeah. So, So. And and after I talked about this last night on 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 a news hit, 
And uh, someone sent me an article from the Times of Israel in which Netanyahu actually uh, says that that's a possibility on the table. I didn't know that before, but um, so that it was kind of nice to see that last night after I came off the air. But really, nuclear supremacy in the Middle East is what's on the table here. So we don't we don't have a good relationship currently with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, or do we? Oh, it's I think it's it's uh, it, it is. You you never know what you're looking from the outside. But uh, what's practically and logically what's happening behind closed doors there is that U.S., Israel, Saudi Arabia are going to lead the way with this trilateral agreement to really change the, uh, the face of the Middle East going forward. So uh, that, that's, that's on the table. And, of course, Iran doesn't want that. Of course, Israel doesn't – or, sorry, uh, Russia doesn't want that. And, of course, China doesn't want that because they're getting a lot so of oil from Iran. If Iran was behind this, is Russia behind this? I think we can uh, be, be, it's fairly safe to uh, conclude that that is a uh, very strong possibility. Um, and you can use Hamas, you can use Hezbollah, uh, you can use these different proxy terrorist organizations um, and really manipulate them to get to what you want as a, uh, uh, as a larger, more established power. So it, you almost have... Well, I was going to say you almost feel sorry uh, that they're being manipulated like that, but that's uh, that's the way of the world. So, Jack, as I've been thinking about this, I mean, Israel um, is one of our strongest allies, one of our best allies. They're the most like us in the Middle East, for sure. Um, and the only ones that I think, uh, you know, would fight on the right side. Um the other side is is barbaric and evil, um, I think. Um, and, and, you know, I, I hate to abandon Israel, but I also hate to get roped in to a war with Russia and Iran and possibly do the things they want us to do. Because I, I think, and you'd know better than I, I think they're doing to us what we did to the former Soviet Union. We're bankrupting them. We're dividing them from the inside. We're we're roping them into wars, uh, and everybody knows we're on the the brink of of uh, destruction here. What should we do to help the Israelis? Because I also feel strongly we need to help them. Right, and I don't think that those. Uh, and I, I agree with your assessment. Um, but the division seems to be coming. They don't need to do too much to divide us. A, a little prod here, uh, a little comment there, but we're doing a pretty good of dividing ourselves and right. destroying ourselves from the inside, which is uh, absolutely heartbreaking. Um, so we obviously Bretton Accords at the end of World War II. Uh, we surprised the world by saying we were going to essentially uh, defend trade routes around the world. That was going to be a benefit for uh, for all countries coming out of uh, the Second World War. Uh, and we just moved a carrier battle group into into the Med to send a very strong issue to Iran. So while our administration says that uh, there's no evidence linking Iran to these attacks, we did move a carrier battle group into the Med uh, to send a pretty clear message to Iran um, and in support of Israel. Um, so so that's something right there. But we do move carrier battle groups around the world quite frequently, obviously, from the end mm-hmm. of World War II up to today is our major uh, way we project our strength and really keep the world safe and, and uh, protect trade. Uh, it's worked up to this point, but now we're kind of retreating from that. We don't have as many ships as we used to have. Uh, China is obviously building up their Navy. So, uh, so things are shifting geopolitically in the world and as far as the military powers go. No doubt about that. How long will it take? 
not exactly sure, but there is a shift going on right now. Um, so what else can we do to support Israel? I'm not sure they're going to need too much from us, um, meaning we put a carrier battle group right there. If things do escalate and, and uh, Hezbollah does more in the north um, and something spills over into Iran, then, uh, then perhaps. But gloves are off right now. Israel restraint is out the window. They have been very... They've restrained themselves over the last at least decade um, towards Hamas, even towards Hezbollah. That restraint is now completely out the window. Um, and Hamas really has thought, and other terrorist groups, insurgent groups, thought of Israel as a, let's say, a, an occupying nation, a colonial nation, for lack of a better, better term. And they looked to the past. They looked to the French in Algeria. They looked to the mm-hmm. British in Kenya or, or India. Uh, but the difference is, and for some reason, Hamas and other Groups don't recognize this. Uh, the French had France to go back to. The British had Britain to go back to. Uh, Israel doesn't have anywhere to go. They're going to stand and fight. They have no other choice. In fact, their president, President Herzog, and his, and his, he uh, addressed the nation in the wake of the attacks. He concluded his remarks with something along the lines of, this time, too, the state of Israel will win. We have no other choice. And that's okay. true. Jack, I want to I want to take you one more place. Hang on for 60 seconds. And then I want to talk to you about our our readiness as a nation in Land Lakes, Florida. Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building a community to called the Let Us Do Good Village, which will have about 100 homes for the program participants. Now, there are already two families that moved in a gold star family and a severely injured hero who served our nation and more will come. This is a special place where families will be able to come together and heal It's a place where their children can grow up and experience life together, and it's all thanks to an amazing donation of the land on which it sits. Of course, it's also thanks to your generosity. The Let Us Do Good Village. It can be the first of many communities all over the country like it. This is your opportunity to help America's greatest heroes and their families heal together and grow together. With every mortgage-free home, the foundation makes good on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices our heroes have made for our country and our communities. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2 T.org. 10 seconds, station ID. So the White House, we're talking to Jack Carr, said the president will struggle to help Israel replenish stockpiles of weapons and ammunition as it gears up for full-scale war against the Iranian-backed terrorists in the region. Congressional official told the Wall Street Journal <coughs> that they expect Israel to request advanced U.S.-produced GBU-39 small-diameter bombs, small arms, ammunition, and 122-millimeter tank rounds, mortars, and more. The official said being able to supply Israel with enough Tamir interceptors to replenish their Iron Dome was most worrisome and the biggest problem the administration will face. How, how, how prepared are we or are we just giving everything away? Yeah, that's a, a great question and one that our enemies are certainly asking um, and and certainly watching. They're seeing untold billions go to Ukraine, uh, along with, with arms and, uh, and other places around the world, of course, as well, which begs the question, well, how, uh, how able are we to defend ourselves in a one front war, a two front war? Um, 
a three front? And the, the answer to that, if you're looking from the outside, is that we're probably not as prepared as we were a decade ago, two decades ago, uh, even three, when we really um, uh, draw down at the end of the, the, the cold, drew down at the end of the, the Cold War. Um, so the, the other side of this, though, is that we have experience at the tactical level. We've proven at the strategic level not to be so adept uh, with senior level military leaders, politicians, uh, even uh, bureaucrats. But at the tactical level, we have the most experienced force that we've ever had because that tactical level, those E2s, E3s, E4s, E5s, E6s, E7s, uh, those officers that are now majors and lieutenant colonels, they were once a brand new officers in 01, 02, 03, uh, fighting in Iraq, fighting in Afghanistan, and they're coming up the ranks. Uh, they don't have as much to work with, but they have experience. Um, so that's what we have, and that's something that we need to capitalize on. But uh, experience without some of those tools, uh, it makes things a little more difficult. So it is certainly something that uh, we need to be aware of, that the next administration needs to be aware of. And if you want to capitalize on this experience, not let it go to waste. If you want to turn those lessons that we learned over the last 20 years into wisdom going forward, well, now we need to equip those soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines that have that experience that sacrifice so much with the tools they need to defend the nation. Jack Carr, thank you so much. When's your new book come out? Well, next May, is, uh, it's on the books right now, but my first nonfiction, which is actually has a Hezbollah connection, but it's uh, called Targeted. It's my first nonfiction, 1983 Marine Barracks Bombing wow. is coming out next fall. So uh, two books in the works for 2024. Great. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Take care. You bet. Jack Carr. Um, is, I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but I, I know where my loyalties lie on the scale of any other nation. Uh, Israel is number one. And that's mainly because of my faith. Uh, this is, and we're going to talk about this here in a second, but this, this has all been predicted, et cetera, et cetera. I just want to be smart about what we're doing. And I don't think there's any intelligence in our military or administration. There's no intelligence. Before you're part of a conspiracy th theory video, you mean the number one outside of America, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. The outside of America. Because <laughs> that was going to be clipped and put in. You're going to be all over the internet for that. Although one. I think I do think that that's waning a bit. I mean, we're we're, yeah. we're doing a lot of things that make us think, make me think. Gee, are we on the wrong side here on just about everything? I mean, you know, giving six billion dollars to Iran isn't one of my favorite things we've done. Right. I mean, look, we have a, a, a very close ties to Israel and deservedly so. And just, I mean, just like with Ukraine and any other country, it has to be done smartly if you're going to get involved in it. The Glenn Beck Program. There are a few people in history who genuinely deserve to have statues. The guy who invented air conditioning? I mean, that's the guy that deserved. The first guy who accidentally dropped butter into popcorn? I mean, right? And the guy who invented the MyPillow. Using technology that wasn't available when he created first the first MyPillow, he's now introduced the MyPillow 2.0. Yeah, this one keeps it cool at night. 
you're going to have even a, a more comfortable rest than before. This is the smoothest, coolest pillow you're ever going to own because it's got special fabric in it that keeps it cool. Normally, a queen size MyPillow 2.0 is about 80 bucks for a limited time offer at MyPillow.com. If you use the promo code BECK, you'll get it for $39.99. Plus, it comes with a 10-year warranty, a 60-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't like it, just send it back. It's MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square and get the queen size MyPillow 2.0 for $39.99. Queen size or king size, 10 bucks more. 800-966-3117. 800-966-3117. Promo code back MyPillow.com. We have, uh, we already understand that anything that we show on tomorrow night's broadcast, it's all going to be about Israel. Anything that we show that uh, is a violation of their guidelines, and in this case, real cruelty, um, just depravity. Um, but you need to see it because no one is playing it. And you really need to see the videos coming out of Israel because it shows these people are, in the words of Benjamin Netanyahu, they're animals. This is, this is not about having their two-state solution. This is about killing Jews. And they are completely unexplainable if you don't believe in God. You, I mean, has, have, has anyone asked themselves, how could people hate Jewish people so much that they would behead them with garden tools, that they would rape Jewish women in the streets? It's just too evil to understand if you don't believe in the battle of good versus evil. Sometimes I think that the existence of God is, is proved by these acts of evil what we're seeing here i i have more friends that said you know i didn't really believe in evil evil until recently because that's the only way i can describe what's happening in our world and that's true you can't see these videos of families being viciously murdered and think well good and evil you know it's relative it's obvious that there is Real, true, evil. But that also means there's real, true, good. And there are good people all around the world. And they are starting to stand up. We are just so far away from good and God right now. You're not seeing it in the mainstream, but you're surrounded by it. We launched a 40-day study of the biblical covenants last week. Now, the biblical covenants are not the same as the American covenant, but we're going to get into that the beginning of November. If you are doing this study with us, this prayer vigil for 40 days and 40 nights, then you know that yesterday just happened to be about the covenant God made with Abraham. Now, when we finished our studies weeks ago, we... We obviously didn't know that this was going to happen, or did we? We obviously didn't know that this was going to happen. 
But I'm so overwhelmed because in yesterday's study, we talked about how God promised Abraham a people and a land. And it is that land and those people that are under attack right now. Attacking that land is an attack of the promise that God made. And a big reason the Jews have been targeted throughout history is because their survival proves God is real. It's it's so evil what's happening should be condemned by everyone, but it's not. And it's going to be condemned by less and less as Israel answers. Remember, this is the equivalent of our population were the same as Israel. They had 900 people, but 900 people doesn't sound like a lot in America. A one is enough. But that is the equivalent of 30,000 American citizens, somebody coming across our border and wiping out an entire town of 30,000 people. Do you think we would put up with that? Today's study, by the way, is about the family of Abraham. If you want to join us, it's not too late. The next five studies were just released, and you can start today. Either way, pray for Israel. There are brothers and sisters I'm trying to get an update now. I, I, we're well over half a million dollars now raised to help Israel. I'm getting calls like crazy from people saying, you know, the military people, they need bulletproof vests. They need this. They need that. They need food. They need water. This is the biggest operation that they are going to be mounting and have mounted. And this is war. This is not what you see israel do where they respond and then people say you gotta stop that part's gonna happen but they're not gonna stop this time nor should they nor should they so what is this really all about has anybody else thought this doesn't feel right Something's not right about all of this. Well, let me bring you a perspective that you're not going to hear anyplace else. What's happening in Israel is straight out of out of Alexander Dugan's playbook. Everything that we are seeing in global affairs appears to be part of a plan Dugan has been crafting for decades. I want you to understand clearly, I'm not saying he's the mastermind. I'm just saying his plans are being followed in a remarkable and terrifying way. So why was Israel attacked? Whenever you have a conflict of this size breakout, you should always ask two questions. Why now? And why to this extent? Well, everybody knows that Hamas wants war with Israel, but it can't successfully carry it out on its own. It can't. It needs foreign funding if it's going to win, and it needs foreign military support. So everyone also knows that Hamas is heavily dependent on Iran. Iran has been funding Hamas for years, including giving it weapons, money, training. Hamas would never do this without getting Iran's support and its blessing. We know that. The Wall Street Journal recently said that this is exactly what happened. See the, um, the story, 
Hamas's attacks on Israel's were backed by Iran. We now today have the Washington Post coming out and saying they have found that as well. So the Post has found it. The Wall Street Journal has found it. But our military intelligence didn't see it and still can't find it. Here's the question we need to be asking. It is not why would Hamas do this? It's why it's why would Iran want Hamas to do this? And why now? So there are numerous reasons why Iran could be pushing for an escalation in Israel. But we all know that religion is a huge component. But this doesn't explain why Iran would support what we're seeing at this moment. Why now? I mean, at first glance, it doesn't seem like, uh, you know, it's a good time for Iran to rock the boat with the Biden administration. The Biden administration, unlike Trump, was is more than willing to do deals with Iran. It unfroze six billion dollars of Iran's assets, for example, as part of a prisoner swap. We now know that, you know, the what was it, 75 million that Blinken um, signed in and sent over to Iran or to, uh, yeah, Iran. Sorry, has sorry to the uh, Hamas. They sent that over just hours before. We now find out that that's probably closer to a quarter of a billion dollars. The answer of all of this, why would they do this now? I think it flows from a wider global conflict that's been developing now for years. The new axis of global powers. It has been emerging and it has been picking up steam because of the Biden administration and all of their mistakes and bumbling. It includes Iran, Russia, China, Turkey and other traditionalist nations. In August, we learned that Iran, Saudi Arabia and Egypt, among other other nations, agreed to join the BRICS economic bloc, which is largely controlled by China and Russia. We know that BRICS is working on a new currency meant to undermine the influence of the dollar uh, in the uh, in the East, Middle East, and Africa. We also know Iran is working directly with Russia to develop a gold-backed stablecoin, a cryptocurrency, that can be traded without burden of swift regulations and control. So that's cutting America out of all of it. So with all of these new economic ties in place, it seems hard to imagine that Iran would want to shake things up. I mean, wouldn't it benefit immensely from expanded economic relations with Russia and China? And wouldn't it have far more influence in BRICS than it ever would with Western economies? Why would they do this all on their own without the support of their new allies? We know that Hamas would never do this without Iran. Well, now they have all of these new allies. They don't want to be a pariah. Would they do this on their own? My guess is they wouldn't. This must somehow fit with Russia and China's plan for the future as well. This brings me to what I have felt for a while now, that we are in the early stages of a coordinated global war. 
Iran, Russia, China, and other nations appear to be working in concert to establish a rival to the dominance of the West. All of them have old scores to settle. They're all settling them right now. Russia wanted war with Ukraine, so it invaded in 2022. Iran wants to spark a war in the Middle East against Israel and force other Muslim nations to reverse course on their peaceful agreements with the United States, and in some cases Israel, so it has launched a proxy war through the Palestinians this month. China wants to be the next great global superpower. We know it wants to retake Taiwan, which could be coming soon. Even if it doesn't, China's fear of influence is growing because of everything that is occurring in Ukraine and now Israel. I don't think this could be understated. This is all straight from Alexander Dugan's playbook. Through chaos comes the birth of a new world order. A new world order with Russia, China, Iran, Turkey, and other capital T traditionalists leading the charge. Again, I'm not saying he's the mastermind, but I do think his strategies and philosophies have at the very least infected the highest levels of leadership among the new Axis power. I'm going to tell you what Dugan has been doing. Starting just a couple of months before Russia invaded Ukraine. And where he has been. Coming up later on in the program. Also, Vivek Ramaswamy joins us. Where does he stand on war and Israel as an ally? You have to wonder sometimes if Americans are ever going to learn our lesson. We pull out our wallet and hand a credit card to Congress, and every single time they go running off like their hair is on fire on a crazy spending spree. They're worse than teenagers. After so many times, it's starting to feel like, eh, maybe we're in a bad relationship, you know? You need to take back control of your financial house. If you're dealing with debts, maybe it's time to pick up the phone and call American Financing. They're helping people just like you get out from underneath that debt burden and start to realize significant savings. Imagine saving $700 every month. It'd go a long way. Well, that's what they're helping the average customer save right now through things like mortgage refis. Unlike credit card debt, your mortgage interest is tax deductible, and that stretches the savings out even further. Get that monkey off your back with the credit cards. Talk to their salary-based mortgage consultants. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck. We often talk about companies we don't like. Uh, maybe we don't spend enough time on companies we do. Uh, because the things that you do with your money really do matter. You can change stuff in the country with your vote, sure, but also with your wallet. And one way of doing this is by buying things that are made here in America. And I mean really made here in America because they, everybody says this, right? They, we, they have like one stitch of clothing or one button was made in America. They're like, made in America. Well, you can't believe everybody who says that. Um, but one place you can trust is American Giant. When you buy clothing from American Giant, you know you're getting the best. True American quality, a product made with merit, made by people in this country for a fair wage. 
every stitch of thread, every metal rivet, every drop of ink is made and assembled right here in America. And you're not just buying the clothing, you're investing in a process that will help save our country. And it's not just a, you know some patriotic statement you're making, you're also buying awesome clothes that you're gonna love for a really long time. These are clothes that will last you for decades. Uh, you can buy cheaper and you'll get cheaper quality made by workers who aren't paid a living wage overseas somewhere. Or you can buy quality that will last for generations. The American Giant patch means something. Go to American-Giant.com slash Glenn. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. This is, uh, I mean, their stuff is awesome. I love the stuff. Glenn does. My wife does as well. American-Giant.com slash G-L-E-N-N. You know, the president's going to speak on uh, <laughs> on what happened in Israel today. At some point, he's supposed to come out of his coma. Yeah, I heard it's around noon, which is after his normal lid. Yeah. That was 11.46 I mean, yesterday, so this yeah. is really he's really stretching for Israel here. This is crazy. He's like, uh, he's like the, the groundhog. <laughs> if he comes out and he sees his shadow, it's going to be six months before we see him again. Mm. This guy is legitimately terrible. Yes. I mean... Uh, you know, we've had bad presidents before, but this guy is the every instinct in him and his staff is wrong every single time. How does a president have kidnapped Americans, Americans yeah. who have been killed by Hamas and not come out and speak on that? We should have operations already ongoing to to get these people out of there. You know, and it's it's amazing. Go back, Glenn, and think about the Biden campaign, the pitch. No, look, Bidenomics is a disaster. No one ever said Joe Biden knew what he was doing with the economy. No one ever said Joe Biden knew what he was doing with cultural issues. What he was pitched at as uh, was a foreign policy president. Yeah, one that will bring expertise, normalcy and expertise to a situation to reverse the chaos of the Trump era. Does it feel chaotic to you? Because it does to me right now. Does it does it feel normal? Does anything mm. feel normal? That was so, what a what a crock. I mean, what a what a sales pitch that was. And you know, a lot of people bought it. A lot of people bought it. They they saw the Trump era as a bunch of tabloid chaos, and they said, "Well, this is crazy." We I got to tell you, I, I don't way. care how much tabloid chaos. Exactly. The the world was not in chaos. No, I, I mean this region in particular went through one of the most healing eras of the past century yeah. under that president. It was, it, it was an amazing thing. It was an amazing thing. He did thing. not get enough credit for it. I mean, we pitched about that, pitched uh, that a bunch of times on the air that during that campaign, he really, he didn't, I mean, honestly didn't even attempt to take credit for it during no. the campaign often. And he should have, but this is, this is, I mean, this is a catastrophe. And how many times have we said that when it comes to Joe Biden and foreign policy? Whether it goes to Ukraine, Afghanistan, now Israel, over and over and over again. Ukraine, China, China, uh, Russia, all of it, all of it, Mexico, all of it has been disastrous for the United States. I, I don't know if we survive another two years of, of his presidency. The Glenn Beck Program.